0: Will you all pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you. Amen. Consider this. When Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, he tried over 2,000 experiments before he got it to work. When asked how it felt to fail so many times, he replied, I never failed once. Inventing the light bulb just happened to be a 2,000 step process. In 1954, Elvis Presley was fired after one performance at the Grand Ole Opry. He was told, You ain't going nowhere. By age 46, German composer Ludwig von Beethoven had become completely deaf. He wrote his famous Ninth Symphony. That includes the hymn that we sung this morning, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, unable to hear it with his own ears. Abraham Lincoln entered the Black Hawk War as a captain. By the end of the war, he had been demoted to the rank of private. Woody Allen, Academy Award-winning writer, producer, and director, flunked motion picture production at two different universities, and he also failed English at college. When Lucille Ball began studying to be an actress in 1927, she was told, try any other profession, any other. And after making a demonstration call with the telephone, Alexander Graham Bell was asked, who would ever want to use one of those? (laughs) Can you imagine Life Without Elvis, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, the light bulb or the phone? People in history who held on through discouragement, who kept going through opposition, who persevered through difficulty. Moses hung in there through 40 years of homelessness, wandering the desert with whining Israelites. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers, falsely accused and jailed, yet he never gave up. Naomi kept going, even after her husband and both of her sons died. Job lost absolutely everything, his family, his livestock, his friends, his health, yet he persevered. Paul was beaten in jail multiple times, yet he continued to preach through persecution. People of faith who held on through discouragement, who kept going through opposition, who persevered through difficulty. You know, the thing is, none of these people are unique. All we have to do is look around the sanctuary to see people who have held on, kept going, and persevered. Am I right? Has anyone here ever experienced difficulty in your life? Opposition? Discouragement? Exactly. We live in Michigan with an unemployment rate of 15%, the first state to reach that level in 25 years. If we aren't unemployed ourselves, we know someone who is. We live in Michigan with home home foreclosures in every city on almost every street. If it's not our home, it's perhaps our neighbors or our friends. We live in Michigan where over one million of us are uninsured. Need I go on? You know, the truth is God promises that life is going to be tough. God promises that we will face opposition and difficulties and discouragement. John 16:33 says, in this life you will face trials and sorrows. Now, this verse probably did not make the top ten list of the power of positive thinking. And it may not be the number one evangelistic tool, but it is true. We don't need to look even beyond ourselves to know that. You know, a few years ago, my daughter asked me, Shortly after my husband and I had both lost our jobs, the car needed repair, my father was battling cancer, and the cat had probably just coughed up a hairball on her bed, she asked, why does all this happen to us? I told her we were not alone, that everyone has tough times in life. She just was now old enough to notice. In this life, you will face trials and sorrows. Do you know I've actually been told, you're a Christian, so you don't have any problems. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's a bumper sticker that Jesus would have put on his car, but I do think there's a lot of truth to the bumper sticker that reads, life is hard, then you die. You know, life can be hard, but as people who are loved by God, there is incredible hope and promise as we face tough days. And sometimes we just need to hold on with both hands just as god promised that we'd have challenges god promises a way through the challenges a verse that should be in the top 10 of the power of positive thinking is philippians 4:13 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me now this verse doesn't say that i can do all things i can't do all things and i'm really glad that i don't have to do all things this verse says, I can do all things through Christ. And that's pretty fo- powerful because it's not about my ability, my strength, and my toughness. It's about relying on Christ to get through the not so pretty parts of life. It's about holding on tight to Jesus. Listen to what John says about holding on, I mean, listen to what Jesus says about holding on in John. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Bear much fruit or produce nothing. Do all things through Christ or do nothing apart from Christ. This shouldn't be a difficult choice for us. (coughs) We must be connected to Christ as we go through this life with its joys and sadness its excitement and its ordinariness, its successes and its failures. Sometimes we just need to hold on. Hold on through worship. Give praise and thanksgiving to God and feel his presence and power. Come to worship looking for God and expecting to be transformed and strengthened by joining with this community of faith as we worship God together. Hold on through prayer. Talk to God. Friends quickly become strangers if you never talk. Don't let God be a stranger. You know, as frustrated as I get with my children constantly texting, I have, come, <laughs> I have come to appreciate the quick connection you can have with others through texting. Quite often, I'll send a random I love you message to my husband or kids or a thinking of you message to friends, and I love it when I get a text like that from my family or friends. It's an easy and instant connection to them. It doesn't replace the real conversations that are vital to friendships and relationships, but it is a quick connection. And you can connect with God in the same way. And it's a whole lot easier than spelling out words on this tiny little numeric keyboard. You know, I don't have an alpha keyboard on my phone, but the more I try and text, the more I appreciate the fact that my kids think it's essential. Three little words require this. Anyone know what that spells? I love you. And if you're not up on texting, don't worry about it. You don't need texting with God, but keep that idea throughout your day. Send God messages all day long. Thank you. Help. Give me strength. I love you. I'm confused. I'm hurting Hold on to God through the short prayers and through the longer, <clears throat> focused, deep times of prayer. And hold on through this book. I know there's a lot of very thin pages with small print, but you've got to check it out if you haven't yet. It has everything that any bestseller has. Murder, mystery, relationships, greed, jealousy, evil, but most of all, love. This is not a book about a bunch of dead people. This is a book that speaks to us today, shows us who God is, and how God wants us to live. Use this book to help you hold on. In this life, you will face trials and sorrows, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes, we just need to hold on. Listen to another story about holding on. This one is from the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand... The Israelites, the good guys, had the advantage. But whenever Moses dropped his hand, the Amalekites, the bad guys, gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result... Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. With this support from his friends, the battle was won. Other Christians are here to hold up our arms in battle. Whatever battles we may be facing today or in the future, God did not intend us to be alone on this journey. Hebrews 10:25 says let us not give up meeting together but let us encourage one another Acts 2 says the early church met together shared fellowship prayed learned about God's will and grew in the Christian life sometimes we just need to hold on to other Christians so where do we find our arm holders the easy answer is right here at redford aldersgate But let me tell you, as wonderful as Sunday morning encounters are, Sunday morning is not where you find your arm holders. Think about it. Most Sunday morning encounters are good morning, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? And then on to worship. We're good at the I'm okay, you're okay, life is dandy response on Sunday mornings. True arm holding comes out of small groups and Bible studies, and prayer circles, and accountability groups where we can share our failures and our successes, our disappointments and our dreams, challenges and fears, where we can hold on and be held up on this journey we call life. Get involved and find some arm holders in this church, but don't stop there. I encourage you to look beyond this specific church for arm holders. Over the years, my husband and I have been part of neighborhood Bible studies and couples Bible studies with people from different churches. I've been part of prayer groups with other moms. You know, God drops these arm-holding opportunities in your life if you keep your eyes open. Both Steve and I have found powerful arm-holders in a community called Walk to Emmaus. Perhaps you have heard of it. Fourteen years ago, the gift of attending a Walk to Emmaus was given to both Steve and I. At the the time, I was not real thrilled about this gift. You see, the Walk to Emmaus is an organization whose goal is to develop Christians, disciples, and leaders and deepen one's connection with Christ through a weekend experience. Well, my children were eight, six, and three, so I could hardly get away for a weekend. And I had made church my profession, so the last thing I needed was a weekend with a bunch of women I didn't know that was aimed at developing Christian disciples and leaders. Wasn't I already one? To say that I was hesitant is an understatement. But as you've probably figured out, I did attend. I walked to Emmaus, kicking and screaming. And at the risk of sounding cliche, it was life-changing, although I didn't fully realize it at the time. The weekend is wrapped in prayer, and one prayer that is repeated during the three days includes the phrase, We pray for those who think they need it the least. That was me. And there are 15 talks that are given on all aspects of faith. And I have to confess, on my walk, I spent most of the time thinking, so-and-so really needs to hear that. Or so-and-so should hear this. But God and the team of women who were serving on my walk just kept bringing me along, holding up my arms when I was clueless that I even needed it. In addition to the 15 talks, prayer and meditation, the weekend includes daily worship and communion, more food than you could possibly imagine, singing and laughter and fellowship, and one of the truest forms of Christian service you will ever see. The team working the walk is there simply out of their love for Jesus Christ and their desire for others to know him better. Imagine people cleaning the toilets with a song in their hearts because it's not about them or the task, It's about loving and serving God. And whether attending the walk or serving on a walk, Thursday evening begins with 80 women or men, the walks are separate, who you may or may not know, and by Sunday evening, you have found some of the best arm holders you could ever imagine. As I said, that gift was given 14 years ago, but it truly is the gift that keeps on giving. You see, it was this experience and the faith community that moved me from knowing about God to knowing God, and that is life-changing. It was this experience and the faith community that pushes me to dig deeper in this Christian journey. And it is this experience and the faith community that continues to feed and challenge and stretch and fill me up so that I can hold on with both hands and be held up through the death of a parent through the death of a child, through unemployment and not knowing where the money will come from, through the raising of my children, through the almost 25 years of marriage, through the disappointment of failed dreams, through the blessing of serving God in his church, through the challenge of standing here in this pulpit, and through all the days ahead and all the twists and turns that life will bring. And by the way, the Walk to Emmaus is ecumenical, but it's sponsored by the United Methodist Church, so you know it's got to be worthwhile. I want to offer this gift to each of you. It's not the only experience that transforms lives and churches, but it is one way. And if you want to know more, just let me know. I'd love to share it with you. You know, life is tough. We all know that. We all said a few minutes ago that we've faced difficulties, opposition, and discouragement. We know that God has promised that in this life you will face trials and sorrows. Sometimes we need our friends to hold our arms up. Sometimes we get to hold up the arms of our friends. Always we need to hold on with both hands.